start in 2 Samuel 16, and but hold a finger there, and uh, and turn to Psalms 33. Uh, we're going to go to Psalms first, and then we'll come back to Psalms to uh, 2 Samuel 16. Part of the lesson today, or a good portion of it, is on counsel. Counsel of two people. Uh, one of them is, uh, I'm, I've been practicing how to pronounce this guy's name, Ahithophel and, uh, and Husi. So uh, we'll look at those, but let's look at what Psalm says, uh, Psalms 33. We're going to pick up in verse 6 because it's so rich, and then we'll, we'll see. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. His plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. There are two things that we go through life that I think uh, uh, is is good and we don't use it enough one is is the right of appeal uh, to appeal to authority and to appeal to our, our you know what be it our boss or anybody else the right of appeal and asking and receiving counsel uh, we're going to see that uh, today in these two gentlemen that that counsel Absalom and counsel David, uh, they got some bad counsel. Uh, David prayed one time that the counsel of one guy wouldn't work, and it didn't. So, counsel is a good thing, you know. We normally, you know, ask, you know, have you have you done this or have you done that, and we receive. Uh, advice or a word from some of our, our our friends but when it comes down to real counsel uh, uh, sometimes it's difficult to take it uh, I've known people that just refuse to take counsel uh, and it, it sometimes it was against them so I think I think those are two things that we can kind of look at all right, chapter 16 of 2 Samuel. Um, let's pick up with um, um, verse 15, and we'll go to the end of that chapter, and then we'll get into chapter 17. Hopefully, we'll get through chapter 19 today, and then uh, Art will pick up next week and uh, maybe go on to the end. It's... it's, uh, it's a lot to, to, to do 
Verse 15, Then Absalom set all the people, the men of Israel entered Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. Now it came about Husi, the Archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, and Husi said to Absalom, Long live the king. Long live the king. Absalom said to Husi, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Because David and and uh, Husi were friends, and he was a counsel. And he says, uh, verse 18, Then Husi said to Absalom, No, for whom the Lord this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Uh, the backstory of this is that Absalom is trying to overthrow his dad David, and and he's done it with uh, uh, smoothing the people by being at the gate and answering them and judging and so forth and so on, uh, and uh, he's the people have been been receptive to that, uh, but he's trying to to uh, overthrow. David and so these two advisors were David's advisors and and they're coming alongside however uh, Husi uh, said long live the king it wasn't Absalom that he was um, was uh, he wanted to long live the king David but he didn't say that but that's that's uh, we'll see that as it unfolds uh, verse 20, Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give your advice, and what shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house. He left ten concubines at, at the palace there. He says, Those that you've left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you've made yourself odious to your father. The hands of all or who with you will also be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof. And Absalom went in to his father's concubine in the sights of all Israel. And the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one inquired of the word of the Lord. Uh, so, so was all the advice of Ahithophel regarded by both David and and Absalom. It it's kind of it's strange. <laughs> His advice was is go have relations with these ten concubines that you left. That's strange, but he did. Verse seventeen, chapter seventeen, rather. Furthermore, Ahithophel said to Absalom, "Please let me choose twelve thousand men that I may arise and pursue David tonight." And I will come upon him while he is very weary and exhausted and terrify him so that all the people who are with him will flee. Then I will strike down the king alone and I will bring back all the people to you. Return of everyone depends on the demand you seek. Then all the people will be at peace. So the plan pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushi. Uh, 
and let he, let us hear what he has to say. And Hushi had come to Absalom, and he said, Ahithophel has spoken thus. Shall we carry out his plan? If not, you speak. So Hushi says, This time the advice of Ahithophel is given is not good. Moreover, Hushi said, You know your father and his men. They're mighty men. They are fierce. They're like a bear robbed of their clubs in the cubs in the field. And your father is expert in warfare and will not spend the night with the people. Behold, he has hidden himself in one of the caves or in another place, and it will be when he falls on them uh, at the first attack that whoever hears it and says, Now there's been a slaughter among the people who followed Absalom. And even if even the one who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will completely lose heart. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant. But I counsel, I counsel that all Israel will surely gather together from Dan to Beersheba. Now that, that, that uh, phrase we hear a lot, Dan was at the top of the or northern part of Israel and Beersheba was down at the bottom. So this entire land uh, he's talking about, he says, so from Dan to Beersheba, uh, they will be with you. And uh, as the sands of the sea is in abundance, that you personally go into battle. So he's counseling, uh, gather the people together, you know, and then go into battle. Verse 12, so we shall come to him uh, in one of the places where he can be found and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground and all and and of him and all of the men who are with him, not even one will be left. If he re, re, redraw, re, withdraws into the city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to the city. We'll drag him in the valley until not even a small stone is there. Verse 14. And Absalom and all the men of Israel, the council of Hushi, was better than the council of... Uh, uh, <laughs> Ahithophel. For the, for the Lord has ordained to thwart the good council of Ahithophel that the Lord might bring calamity on Absalom. Then Hushi said to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, this is what Ahithophel counseled Absalom and the elders of Israel, and this is what I have counseled. So they, they uh, laid out their two, two things. Now what Hushi said was going to take time to do uh, it it might not have been uh, uh, the right thing to do, but uh, but uh, Absalom liked it. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> verse twenty, Absalom's came, uh, uh, servants came to the woman's house and said, um, "Where are these two guys, uh, Amaze and Jonathan?" And the woman said to them, "They have crossed a brook." of the water and they searched and they could not find them. 
But it, <clears throat> so verse 21, and it came about after they had departed that they came out of the well, he, they had hit them kind of like Rahab, and went and told King David. And they said to David, Arise and across the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel has counseled against you. Then David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed Jordan. By the dawn, not even one remained not crossed Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, arose and went to his home in his city, and set in his house in order, and strangled himself. Thus he died and was buried in the grave. So <clears throat> that's... I don't know why he he knew that maybe he was going to die anyway, but when his advice wasn't swallowed, uh, followed, he he hung himself. Okay, <clears throat> verse eight, chapter eight, eighteen. Uh, I'm skipping some, as you very well know. Then David numbered the people who were with him and set over commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. And David sent the people one third under the command of Joab and one-third under the uh, can, uh, command of um, uh, Ab Abisha uh, and Joab's brother and a third under the hit I-T-T-A-I uh, uh, and the king said to the people I myself will surely go out with you but the people said you should not go out for if indeed flee they will not care about us, not even the, if half of us died, but you're worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, now it's better for you to be ready in the city. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> verse 5, the king charged Joab, Abisha, and Ithel, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. All the people heard when king, the king charged the commanders concerning Absalom. And this was the deal. Uh, David was in catch-22. He wanted to save his own life in the kingdom, and yet he didn't want to see his son killed. Uh, and it was, it was tough going. But he, he said, deal kindly with, with my son in verse 5. The people went out and took their place in the field. The people of Israel were defeated before the servants of David, and the slaughter was great for 20,000 people. Uh, now Absalom, verse 9, happened to meet a servant of David, for Absalom was riding on his mule, and his mule went under a thick branch of a great oak, and his head was caught fast in the oak, and he was hanging between heaven and earth. And while the mule was under him, kept going. Now, last week we talked about him uh, having a massive uh, head of hair, and this he cut it once a year, and it weighed five pounds. So anyway, he went under this this thing, and his head hair got got caught in the thing, and his mule kept on going. <clears throat> then verse ten, uh, when a certain man saw it, he told Joab. Joab is the commander of David's army. And he said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in the oak. And then Joab said to the man who told him, Now behold, you saw him? Why did you not strike him there to the ground? 
and I would have given you ten pieces of silver. The man said to Joab, Even if I should receive a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not put my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king charged you to protect me, uh, to pr protect for me the young man Absalom. Otherwise, if I had dealt treacher uh, treacherously against his life, there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would stood aloof. Then Joab said, I'm not going to waste time with you. He took three spears, thrust them through uh, Absalom's heart, and then his, his people, verse 15, killed him. <clears throat> then Joab blew the trumpet and basically went home at that particular thing time. Now, <clears throat> we begin in verse 19, uh, the news, how it was going to carry, how it was going to happen. Uh, they had runners. We didn't have, you know, the at that time, how what happened on the field of battle. Uh, we had runners, and we we told they told them uh, to run back to the to the Jerusalem. Okay, <clears throat> verse twenty four. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watch and the watchman went up to the roof of the gate by the wall and raised their eyes and looked, and behold, a man running by himself. The watchman called and told the king, and the king says, If he's by himself, there's good news in his mouth. And he came nearer and nearer. Then the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, Behold, another man is running by himself. And the king says, This one's also bringing good news. And the watchman said, I think the running of the first one is Amazah, the son of Zadok, and the king says, this is a good man, and he comes with good news. So, <clears throat> verse uh, 28, he says, uh, he fell on the ground before the Lord, um, before the king, and he said, blessed uh, is the Lord your God who has delivered uh, up the men who lifted up their hands against uh, my king. And then the king says, is it well with a young man Absalom? And he says, Joab sent the king's servant, and your servant I saw a great multitude, but I did not know what it was. Then the king said, Turn aside and stand here. And then the other runner came in verse 31. He said, Let my lord the king receive good news, for the Lord has freed you this day from the hand of those who rose up against you. Then the Lord said, excuse me, the king said, Is it well with the young man Absalom? And then he said, Let the enemies of my lord the king be as all who rise up against you for evil be as this young man. Let all the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you for evil be as this young man. Verse 30, 33. The king was deeply moved and went up to his chamber over the gates and wept my son Absalom my son my son Absalom would I have died instead of you O Absalom my son my son <clears throat> we talked about when the Absalom's sister was raped that he was raped by Ammon who was the firstborn son of David, an heir apparent to the throne. 
Absalom was the second one. I'm sorry, he's the third one. The second one we know very little about in Scripture. So Absalom was in his way to inherit the throne uh, if you went by the way that normally they did. Uh, We're following the, the Queen of England now and all the talk about Charles and then William and so forth and so on, and it all has to do about firstborn. We'll see later. Well, we won't see it, but it's in First Kings that that Solomon, who was way on down the line, uh, was anointed king because God wanted him to be, and Bathsheba inter, uh, interceded for him. So here he's lot. He's got two sons that have met death. Now, when Nathan shook his finger in David's face after he had. Uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and had killed Uriah the Hittite he told him he says the sword will never leave your house and he says you're going to have problems from now on well here's two sons have died and uh, this one really distressed David oh Absalom my son my son chapter 19 this brings up this catch 22 as we'll see in just a minute, as you probably already know. Then it was told Joab, the general for King David, Behold, the king is weeping and mourns for Absalom. The victory that day has turned into mourning for all the people, for all the people heard it and said, The king is grieved for his son. So the people went by stealth into the city by day, and as people who were humiliated still away and when they flee to battle the king covered his face and cried out aloud oh my son Absalom oh Absalom my son my son verse 5 then Joab came into the house of the king and said today uh, you have covered the shame of the face of all the servants who today have saved your life and the life of your sons and daughters and the lives of your wives and and the lives of your concubines by loving those who hate you and hating those who love you. For you have shown today that the princes and servants are nothing to you. For I know this day, if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead, you would be pleased. So Joab is kind of jerking David back to reality he says all the people who have been with you for years he said you're you're basically shunning them because because of Absalom and the truth of the matter is had Absalom died and we all were dead it would be okay with you and so David is a situation where he can't win verse 7 Now therefore arise and go out and speak kindly to your servants, for I swear by the Lord, if you do not go out, surely a man, surely not a man will pass the night with you, and this will be worse for you than the evil that has come upon you from your youth until now. So the king arose and sat by the gate, and when they told the people, Behold, the king is sitting at the gate, then all the people came back before the king. Now Israel had fled to its tent, so all the people had left. 
All the people were quarreling throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king delivered us from the hands of the enemies, saved us from the hands of Philistines, but now he fell out from the hand of Absalom. However, Absalom, who we anointed over us, has died in battle. Now then, why are you silent about bringing the king back? Then King David said to Zadok and Abathar the priest, Speak to the elders of Judah, said, Why are you uh, the last to bring the king back to the house? Since the word of all Israel has come to the king, even to his house. And so <clears throat> David <clears throat> understands that. And he's, uh, he's kind of returning to his old self. And uh, this is, is where we are. Then we have the story of where um, uh, uh, Zeba, who was Meshibosheth's guardian, so to speak, and he was there. And verse 18, we have the story here, and S-H-I-M-E-I fell down before the king as he was about to cross Jordan. Now that guy is the one a couple of chapters ago cursed David for everything he had. He 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 cursed him for right and left, and now he's falling down in front of him. I suppose he had picked sides and was going to go with Absalom and curse David for everything he had, and now he's falling down in in front of him. Um, we saw last week where. If we go over into First Kings, that uh, <clears throat> David said, "I'm not going to do any, anything to you." But when Solomon became king, he says, "Remember this guy and take care of him." Basically, so uh, that's that's basically what happened. Okay, let's see where we are here, and let's go to uh, verse 31. This is the part that I was going to tell you that it's a little interesting to me verse 31 now Barzilla uh, had come down from Rogum and he went over Jordan with the king to escort him over Jordan now Barzilla was very old being 80 years old and he had sustained the king while he was in the woods where there, for he was a very great man. And the king said to Barzil, You crossed over with me, and I will sustain you in Jerusalem with me. But Barzil said to the king, How long have I yet to live that I should go with you to the king to Jerusalem? Now I'm 80 years old. Can I distinguish between good and bad? Or can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Or can I hear anyone the voice of singing men and women? Why then shall your servant be an added burden to the Lord the King. <laughs> I've read that and looked at it a lot this week. If you're 80 years old, 
you don't know good from bad, so you need to keep your mouth shut. Uh, if you're 80 years old, you can't taste anything you eat or you drink. Or if you're 80 years old, you can't hear anybody that's singing, men or women. Why should you be a burden to anybody? Well, thank you, Lord, for grace. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for Velta. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, it's uh, 80 years old. So he says, uh, let me go home. Um, Verse 37, let your servant return and I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. <clears throat> he said, but thank you for the, for the offer. And the king said to him, you cross over, this is his buddy, you cross over with me and I will do for him what is good in your sight and wherever you require of me, I will do it. So all the people crossed over Jordan and the king <coughs> crossed too. And Barzillo, uh, and blessed him, and he returned to his place. When you read ahead and you get in First Kings, and you'll see that David, on his deathbed, comes back and remembers this guy who had helped him when they were in the caves and the valleys when he was hiding from from King Saul. That this man took it on himself and brought him provisions. And the David didn't ever, th ever ever forget it, which brings up the fact that we don't need to forget the people who have done things for us. Uh, I thank you. A job well done is always in order. So uh, we have we have here uh, things are kind of coming back to normal. Absalom was wanted to revolt against the king. He had he had turned the nation basically from his dad to himself, and he was working on this. And yet, because of the counsel that he was given, uh, he he wanted to go into battle against his dad. And <clears throat> who's he told him? He says, "Your dad's." <laughs> Your dad's no no uh, ordinary soldier here. He's very, very much in the battle. And yet they said, you're worth more as a king, so you go back to Jerusalem and let us fight this battle. In his last parting remarks to his three generals, he says, deal kindly with Absalom. And then Joab killed him. And that's also why we get into 1 Kings that that he told Solomon right before he was going to die, he says, you know what Joab has done for me. He says, take care of him. That's Bill's paraphrase. And he did. He uh, he had a, a guy kill him. But uh, <clears throat> he was very much, he had done a lot for David as being general of the army, and yet he went against what David said and killed his son. And that's... Uh, that's a very good thing. Okay. That brings us to chapter 20. We got a new clock. Uh, chapter 20. Now the worthless fella happened to be... Uh, now a worthless fella happened to be where whose name was Sheba, the son of this guy. 
And he says, we have no portion in David, nor do we have an inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tent. Now, that phrase there comes back again after Solomon's death and his son Rehoboam takes over and he put more burden on the king, on the people of Israel. And they said there, every man to his tent, what do we have any more to do with David's household? Now this guy Sheba is doing the same thing that Absalom did, but there was no relation there, there was no blood kin there, but he said, he said, I'm not going to live with this. He said, every man to his tent. Verse 2, So all the men of Israel withdrew from following David and followed Sheba. They were a fickle bunch from the time they crossed the Red Sea until they were coming on up. They couldn't couldn't keep it together or 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 follow the Lord or certainly wanted to be disobedient as Moses said he said these people have grumbled and grumbled and grumbled and they had so they just got through with with Absalom and now they're going to follow this guy Sheba verse 3 when David came to his house at Jerusalem and the king took the ten women the concubines who had left to guard the house and placed them under guard and provided them with substance. But he did not go into them, and they were shut up all the days until their death and living as widows. This is the ten concubines that Absalom had violated. And uh, so he took the ten concubines, and he says, I'll take care of you uh, for the rest of your life. And they live as widows, and he had no relations with them, according to Scripture here. Verse 4, he said, Call out the men of Judah for me within three days and to be present here. So he called out the men of Judah, and he delayed longer than the set time which he had pointed. Now David said to one of his generals, Now Sheba will do more harm than Absalom. Take your Lord's servant and pursue him so that he does not find for himself a fortified city and escape from our sight. So Joab's men went after him along with uh, these other groups of people and all the mighty men, and they went out from Jerusalem to pursue Sheba. And they were at a large stone which was in, in Gibeon and came to meet him now Joab was dressed in his military attire. Over it was a belt with a sword and a sheath fashioned, excuse me, fastened at his waist. And he went forward and it fell out. Joab talked to Amasa, Is it well with you, my brother? And Joab took him by the beard and with his right hand to kiss him. Verse 10, Joab's hand so he struck him in the belly, poured out his innards on the ground, and did not strike him again, and he died. Now the men stood there by Joab's young men, and whoever favors Joab, and whoever is for David, let him follow Joab. So this man was dying in his own blood. 
And so they took a coat or, or something. Uh, what does it say? The man saw him from the highway, stood still, removed him from the highway, threw a garment over him, and saw everyone uh, who came there. So he just pushed him to the side of the road and covered him up. So as soon as he was removed from the highway, all the men pursued after Joab, pursued Sheba. Uh, and he goes on and talks about that in verse 16. And when a wise woman called from the city, Hear, hear, O Joab, come here that I may speak to you. As he approached her, the woman said, Are you Joab? And he answered, I am. And he said to him, Listen to the words of your maidservant. And he listened, and he said, I'm listening. And then she spoke. Formerly they used to say, I will surely ask advice of Abel. And thus ended the dispute. I am those who are peaceable and faithful in Israel. You are seeking to destroy a city, even a mother in Israel. Why wouldn't you swallow up their inheritance of the Lord? Joab replied, Far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. Such is not the case. But a man from the hill country, Sheba, uh, has lifted up his hand against the king. Only David, uh, only hand him over and I will depart. And the woman said to Joab, Behold, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. So Joab was going to make a raid on this city. And this lady says, Are you going to kill us all for this one guy? And he says, No. He said, I just want him. And she said, Wait just a minute and I'll throw you his head. Mercy. Uh, I can understand some times why they call, call this so bloody, you know. Verse 23. Now Joab was over the whole army of Israel. Um, and um, and when uh, then he talks about being a scribe and Zadok and Abiathar the priest. He's just giving the list of uh, David's hierarchy here. Uh, there's nothing there's, we go in here in our class and we do it verse by verse and we try to glean or not try to glean some stuff and he and I have talked this week I said honey I'm having a hard time he said daddy just do what you can do so here is the strife between good and evil David David, God said he was after his own heart, and he was a he was an obedient guy. One thing I need to point out, I almost forgot, when David wanted to get advice from counsel, who did he go to? He went to the Lord. He 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 said, you know, do I go up with these people, or 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 not? And he 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 had the ephod. And the Urim and the Thummim, you know, the holy dice, art calls them sometimes. You know, what should I do? And uh, But in this particular case, Absalom and these other guys wanted man's applause and man's idea of what to do. Okay.
There are four more chapters, and I'm, I'm sure Art will, will clean that up next week, and that will wind up Second <clears throat> Samuel. Uh, part of it is a long uh, uh, psalm that, that David um, spoke about, and uh, it's, it's, it's got some very good. This chapter 21 is uh, um, where David claimed, cleaned up some of Saul's mess that's still around that happened way back in Joshua's day. And so that's that. Well, thank y'all for putting up with me on this, uh, my mumbling and bumbling on this thing. And we'll, uh, we'll get out of this and we'll get, get it's going to be exciting to go to, to, uh, to John. We've already done uh, Matthew. We just did a couple of months ago. And we've done Mark. That was our early one. We've done Luke. And now we're going to do John. And that will take the Gospels. We're almost through the New Testament. Uh, we've done we've done all of them in these ten years that Art and I've been teaching. We've done all of them, but Revelation. And he and I don't want to do Revelation, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, we'll we'll work on that as we go. Uh, so we'll probably start repeating some of the New Testament books, which which are are good. Of course, Pastor Bobby is now going into he went through Acts, and now he's going through First Timothy, and I'm sure he's going to go through Second Timothy, and I'm, I'm almost sure he'll go through Titus uh, because he's talking about the church and how it was formed and how how it needs to be uh, dealt with. Any observations? Any comments? Okay. Well, um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Let me uh, stop and pray and we'll go from there.